Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Welcome, everyone, to SI Media with Jimmy Trina. Thank you so much for listening. We have an excellent show this week. Ryan Curtis of The Ringer, who covers media for The Ringer, checks in. He's an SI Media regular. We have him on every three, four months to get his thoughts on the latest sports media headlines, latest sports media news. And we have a conversation about many things this week. Stephen A. Smith uh, going outside the box lately. The Athletic, what's going on there after their layoffs. And uh, media coverage of the Zion Williamson, if you want to call it scandal, and a bunch of other topics with Brian Curtis of The Ringer, followed by a man who is in the news as well, my buddy Sal Akata, who joins me every week for Train of Thoughts. He's getting a big, big promotion at WFAN. He's going to be moving from the overnight shift to the uh, midday show, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we get the full scoop from Sal and get into what the uh, week has been like for him. Uh, after his big promotion. Before we get to Brian Curtis and Salakata, just a quick reminder of recent guests in case you've missed any episodes of SI Media with Jimmy Trainer. We had Scott Van Pelt on the podcast last week from ESPN. We had SiriusXM's Chris Maddog Russo, also a first take two weeks ago. Pat McAfee, three weeks ago for the wrestling fans. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, four weeks ago. If you missed any of those, give them a listen, check them out in the archives. And subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Train to leave a review on Apple. We'll read them. We're going to read those the week of 4th of July uh, with Sal. All right. So that's what you need to know. Let's get to this week's show. Brian Curtis of The Ringer, followed by Sal Akata and Train of Thoughts, all right here, right now on SI Media with Jimmy Train. All right. Joining me now, he's a regular here on the SI 
SI Media with Jimmy Trina podcast. Always a great conversation from the ringer. Covers all things media. Hosts the Press Box podcast. Brian Curtis. Brian, how's it going? Good, Jimmy. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. Doing well. Um, it's funny. I've, I've wanted to have you on for a couple of weeks. And I, I saw a tweet from you. I think it was on Monday, maybe, which was like, okay, now I've, I've definitely got to reach out to Brian, where you, someone had tweeted something about it being the 31st anniversary of something. And you said something about like, I, I'm a bad host. I should have pulled up the tweet, but it just came into my head where you said like, you know, Twitter's great because you'll never forget a 31st anniversary. And I thought it was just such a phenomenal tweet. So I just wanted to start with that. Somebody on ES, somebody sent me an ESPN tweet today that was like the 11th anniversary of the Thunder breaking up the big three of Durant and Harden. And um, and I was just kind of like in Russ and I was like, what? We were doing every anniversary now. Oh, yeah. And, and if it doesn't matter if it's a round number, why don't we why do we even need the anniversary? Well, I was like, hey, let's talk about Batman Returns, which I think that original tweet was about. So it's funny because. As someone who writes a daily column, I rely on those anniversaries heavily for content. And I, when I saw it, I was like, it's, it, it's so funny that you said that. But I also have said for years, for years, like, I don't understand why only the five and zero anniversaries have to be celebrated. Like, who do, like someone decided that if it's a five or zero, we celebrate it. It's, it's just so <laughs> random. It's just so random. So. Yeah, people won't want to read something. If it's on the 14th anniversary, exactly. the that's the flip side of this. I remember when I was at Grantland and I was doing like an oral history of the earthquake world series in the Bay area. And I called somebody and it was, it was like that. It was like a 14 or it was, it was one off. And they're like, why aren't you calling me next year? And I thought to myself, are you going to be any less interesting this year on this right. topic? We'll be next year. It's amazing. Five and zero. And that's, that's, that's what gets everyone all, all worked up. It was funny over the weekend. I saw, um, I guess it was the 19th anniversary of the OJ car chase, Bronco chase. Cause that happened in 94. Uh -huh. And see, to me, I don't think of, I see OJ Bronco chase. The only thing I think of is the Al Michaels prank phone call with Peter Jennings. So I had a, I had a, on Monday, I had to acknowledge that the 19th anniversary just passed. I don't know what we're going to do next year for the 20th, but something big has to happen. You and I are the, you just the only demented people in the world who think of the entire OJ story is boiling down to Al Michaels being able to snuff out a prank phone call on ABC. I've, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again quickly when it, I think it must've been the 15th anniversary of the call. And I remember I wrote an entire column for SI.com. I led my column that day with the premise was everyone thinks Al Michaels' greatest call is, do you believe in miracles and the miracle on ice? And I said, absolutely not. His greatest call ever was when he said to Peter Jennings, Peter, lest anyone think that was a real call, it was totally farcical. Uh, he said something indicative of a radio host. And Peter Jennings says, we have him on every coast. And that afternoon or the next day, maybe I get an email from an email address that was a little suspect saying, Jimmy, thanks for the write up. Couldn't agree more. That definitely was my best call. And Baba Booey to you all. So me, <laughs> I, I just assumed it was one of my readers trying to be funny because I have some wacky readers going back from the hot clicks phase. So I ignored it. I didn't pay attention because, uh, you know, maybe the cynic in me. 
And like a week later, I get an email from an NBC PR guy who I do know, who I do business with, and says, yeah, Al wanted to know if you got his email. <laughs> so it was Al, and Al thinks the prank call was better than the miracle on ice. So that's the lesson here for everyone. So you were worried it could be a prank email. Right. About your reference to this prank call. Exactly. Well, because the, the sign-off on the email was Baba Booey to you all. So I'm like, okay, this is obviously <laughs> one of my Howard Stern fans who also reads my stuff. And it was Al. So Did I see this on Twitter the other day that Al was calling Pat McAfee the new king of all media? Yes. I did not click that. through that. But that, that really that. happened? That happened. That happened. That, that's kind of a big deal. You know how about how Al feels about Howard Stern. Right. Yeah, I think Al was very happy to be on Pat McAfee. And he, you know, I mean, listen, there is a dominance there with Pat McAfee in terms of, you know, YouTube. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens when he goes to ESPN in terms of, I think there's going to be a lot of, I talked about this with Chris Russo a couple of weeks ago because he experienced this when he started doing first take. I mean, no matter what's going on in the world, when you are on ESPN, you are getting an audience that may not be familiar with you. I mean, they still have that power despite what, lunatics want to say about you know ESPN is dying etc and all that nonsense yeah so I think Pat will be exposed to some new fans yeah you know he had this the, he said something really interesting when he took that deal where he said like basic cable though it is shrinking and crumbling before our eyes it's still a thing and it's still this fire hose to all these people that you know frankly if they don't watch game day may not know who Pat McAfee is or at least don't know much about him and all of right. a sudden they will turn on E1 linear ESPN and be like, Hey, that guy. And that does make you a bigger deal in a Absolutely. lot of people's minds. And listen, all you have to do is look at just, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, to me as someone of my age who grew up TV, 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 it, it's insane to me to see how little general television is watched. And then you have sports come in and all these people are watching sports on basic TV basic cable, linear, however you want to describe it. If it wasn't for sports, if it weren't for sports, who knows what would be going on with, you know, some of these networks. It's so funny because like sports is the one part of television that's almost like it was when you and I were growing up in the 80s. Yeah. You know, sitcoms aren't the same. Dramas aren't the same. News isn't the same. But sports is pretty close. And if it's anything, it's a much bigger part of the network than it was in the old days. And I find that fascinating because I grew up, you know, like you in this era where it's like TV was huge and especially the networks were still had a huge chunk of the audience. And the only time that happens now is when yeah. there's football on television and to a lesser extent, basketball and other stuff. I mean, if you take out, take out like title games and, and championships, the most watched thing on all of on all of television on a weekend week out basis is Sunday at 425 on either CBS or Fox. Yep. It's, you know, and, and Sunday night on NBC is right there. So for all this streaming and cable and this and cancel, it, it's, it's still dominant. I mean, they just had a great rating for the U.S. Open golf over the weekend. I saw that for Wyndham Clark. There you go. Don't even need Tiger. <laughs> um, got a handful of sports media topics to get into with you. The biggest sports media topic is your boss, Bill Simmons, obviously calling Harry and Megan fucking grifters. I'm not going to ask you to comment because it's your boss. And I, you know, what are you going to say about your boss? I will say though, 
I don't know. If you want to comment, you can. If you don't, I, I'm, sh- and I understand everything with those two seems to go crazy, and I don't get it because I don't care. But I'm amazed how that story spread like a fire hose. I mean, CNN was covering it, and legitimate news outlets. Um, I, I, which I think, you know, again, I don't want you to. I think it speaks more to Mag- Megan and Harry than Bill, despite Bill being this enormous, popular podcast host, successful starter at all for all of us doing podcasts. But my God, that reaction was, I, I couldn't believe it just from that one line. I'll let uh, Bill speak for himself, but I will say this about the Royals. I am not a Royals watcher or Royals person, as you probably expect from knowing me, um, on number one. But number two, I read Prince Harry's book, when it came out, written by J.R. Moringer, who wrote Andre Agassi's book and is an awesome, awesome writer. That book ruled. I'm sorry. I, I read that thing and I'm just flipping pages. I'm like, this is fascinating. Yeah. And people are like, you know, I, I don't like him because he came off as very shallow and right. and callow and weird in this book. And I'm like, well, I think that probably captured him to a certain extent. I right. think that's him. And the kind of the genius of it is it's a book by him that at least in some way accurately captured what he is rather than, you know, like the usually is with celebrity memoirs to be seen as this is fascinating. And I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about any of this stuff. I watch the crown. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm I'm tearing through this thing. Like it was, you know, the greatest sports book of all time. I mean, the knock that I always see is, is is they don't, they say they don't want attention and then they do things to get attention. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think writing a uh, you write a book, you have to go on a media tour to sell the book. So I thought yeah. that was an unfair criticism. People are like, well, why is he on Colbert? Well, he's got to sell the book. He's got obligations to the book company, the publisher. I mean, that's just how media works. But like I don't like you, I'm not in. I don't follow it and know much about it. But I do know from what I've heard about the book and things he said about the book. I mean, how do you expect to? He's not going to be a normal person, so he's going to have stories in that book that, like you, you know, you were fascinated by. It. Yeah, I mean, he's got this family that is actually, you know, bizarre. So what do you expect him to tell you in the book? <laughs> I know, and the Oprah yeah. thing too. I mean, that was another thing. It was like, oh yeah, what's that? And yeah. you didn't have to care about anything. You're like, I yeah. want to hear what this guy says about his family. Well, I hope Bill addresses it on his podcast. We, that, that that That's the MO these days. Say something, get attention, and then you get another, you know, then milk it on your podcast, write a column. You know, that's, that's sort of the, the MO these days, which is surreal to see. But that's usually, I know that wasn't Bill's intention. Bill doesn't do that. But I'm just saying that the other people, if other people were in Bill's shoes, they would have had a week's worth of like content out of just, you know comment and the pickup it's crazy um a couple of things i wanted to get into so i find this to be a very underrated sports media story that's been going on now for several weeks no one's really gotten into it and i don't know maybe people are just it's fun and they're going along for the ride but it's kind of crazy to me to see what Stephen A. Smith is doing on his podcast which is not affiliated with ESPN i mean We've all known for years, it's legendary how ESPN wants ESPN people to stick to doing ESPN things and not sort of venture outside the box. And he has this podcast that has nothing to do with ESPN. And every single episode, he's saying the most insane, he's covering the, you know, whether it's political, whether it's Zion Williamson, whether it's, um, he got into the, the, the flasher at the White House and was talking about he was using the word titties repeatedly on his podcast. I mean, 
to me, this is insane to see ESPN's, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, you know, top person. And then he yeah. does this side gig that is everything that is the antithesis of what they've wanted their people to do. Have you picked up on that? Have you noticed that? Am I pulling at straws here? What do we got? Yeah, it's a, two things I think there that are fascinating. One is this idea that you can have a side business while you're at ESPN that's not an ESPN. That's completely new. And Absolutely. as you point out, like that would not have worked. I mean, first of all, Kirk Herbstreit doing Amazon, I thought was an underrated story. The fact that he is launching essentially a competitor to ESPN. I mean, again, that's not something that would have happened in, in the old network. And it's reserved. And this is, I guess, point number two for the most powerful people at ESPN, Stephen A. being somewhere at the top of the list. I mean, I saw George Santos he was talking about the other day on the podcast. There's just this whole, like, this idea that talking about politics, as you and I know, at ESPN is just absolutely something they are not interested in. And not only is he talking about it, he tweets the other day, hey, I think you should contribute to Chris Christie's presidential campaign because he needs a certain, what happens is you need a certain number of contributors to get on the debate stage for the Republicans in August. And I'm like, I have never seen a media member not only talk politics, but link to a fundraising, you know, page, right? Essentially encouraging people to contribute to a presidential campaign. That's way different than being like, I like this candidate. I don't like this candidate. And last I checked, that was still up. That was not, you know, ESPN wasn't like, hey, we can't have you saying contribute to X candidate. That was that was fine. Like, and I just think like, okay, so I guess that's yeah. the rules for Stephen yeah. A. For the I think he rules. came out on one episode and said, like, Joe Biden's got to go. Yeah, I think it was actually a Fox News interview, right? Was that the one? Oh, was, I thought he did it on it. Okay, maybe he did it on both. <laughs> maybe he did it on both. Yeah. Speaking of things also that probably other ESPN personalities aren't doing are freewheeling Fox News interviews. Right. right. But again, like, you know, I don't know that I, whatever it's like that he wants <laughs> Chris Christie to be in the Republican debates doesn't bother me at all. But that's a completely, completely different standard for anybody. I do yeah. not encourage anybody at ESPN to link to fundraising pages of presidential candidates because yeah. it's not going to go well for you like it did for Stephen A. Yeah, and I mean, from what McAfee told me, I had him on the pod a few weeks ago, and from what he told me, you know, ESPN's not really going to have any content creative control into his show. It's more like a business deal where they'll do the ad sales and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and you know, Pat's going to be able to do his thing. You know, he's got his WWE deal, and I think he's another one. You know, if you're at the top of the food chain, you sort of can do what you want, which that wasn't even the case years ago at ESPN. No, I mean, they would, if you went back to the Dan and Keith era, they would tell you that the bigger the star you became at ESPN, the more pushback you got. Yeah. Because yeah. besides like Boomer and a few others, and maybe Dickie V for the old days, they didn't want people becoming big stars there necessarily. Right. They wanted the right. brand to be ESPN. They didn't want the brand to be you. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but to me, the moment we crossed this Rubicon in retrospect was when Peyton Manning came on, but didn't come on as a full-time employee came yes. on as the producer of a show that ESPN was putting on its air. Yep. And I kind of went, and it was interesting because it was right at a moment of like athlete empowerment era and all kinds of things happening where athletes are like, you know what? And that was mixed up in media in a way like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And from then on, everybody's kind of been doing their own thing. 
even when in McAfee's case, the own his own thing is going to be on ESPN's air. It's kind of like, yeah, but I'm controlling this. I got this. Yeah. I'm not exactly an employee of yours, even if I am technically an employee. I have all this autonomy that nobody could have imagined a couple of years ago. And the pain, you know, I, I when the first year the Manning casting, it, it came on like gangbusters and people loved it. And I got so many tweets and emails from readers about, you know, why are there only 10? Why don't they do it every week? Why? And, and I I wrote this and I tried to explain like ESPN has no control over the, it, it's an Omaha productions deal. Yeah. And ESPN is just, and it, Peyton doesn't want to do 16 weeks. So what's the regular season now? 17 weeks. Peyton doesn't want to work 17 weeks. He doesn't want to do it every week. And ESPN can't make them because it's, he, it's not an ESPN deal. It's an Omaha productions deal. And, you know, to the average fan who's not in this like us, they don't, they don't understand that or know that. No, totally. But it's like that's and he just also doesn't want to leave his house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, the old days they network controlled you and here you go here and you go here and you do this show and you get on this plane. And now it's like, eh, if you get if you're in that top tier, right. You can have that kind of leverage. And it's interesting because I think they have obviously I think set the uh set a precedent there because now you know andrew marshan of the post reported this week that jj watt is going to end up with some network but he doesn't want to do it full-time he wants to do a part-time gig and if you have the name value of you know jj watt you can do that and dictate those terms and you'll still get a deal from one of these networks yeah and i think what's changed is one is just athletes not wanting to do it, wanting to do their own thing like we're talking about having the sense of control and also it's like they just have made so much more money over their careers than athletes did 20, 30 years ago. Right. So the idea of like, I'm going to really devote a chunk of my life and you really have to do that to be good at these jobs. Like I'm going to give up for half the year, basically every day of the week to be great at this. Like, I think that's just not as appealing to people because yeah. you just, you made a ton of money and you're like, why, why would I want to do that rather than completely set my own schedule? It's a great point. And also the networks, I mean, it, it, they've, it's good to see them realize like you have, 87 people on each pregame show so if jj watt works like 10 of 16 <laughs> weeks you'll survive it's you know it's not like it's not like you want to have coverage <laughs> i know we really we still need to pass a rule you and i about the number of people that are allowed to be on any pregame show at the same time it's insane it's, it's so insane. bad and so for some reason it just keeps getting bigger yeah get mm -hmm. as many of those x players as you can that's that's basically the formula and, and, you know, I mentioned Stephen A. You know, he on, on, on the podcast that has nothing to do with ESPN, he was doing like full breakdowns of the Zion Williamson story with the porn star going on Twitter and making all these claims and tweeting all this wild stuff. And I, I you know, I was, you can't help but avoid seeing her tweets. People get, they re get retweeted in your feed. People are sending them to you. You look at them and I, I, and I've, I've wondered for like when this whole thing started, like what, what are you supposed to do if you're ESPN, if you're the athletic, if you're the ringer, if you're as like, are you supposed to cover this in, in some way, shape or form is, does it have nothing to do with basketball and you shouldn't cover it? I, I, I because I'm torn on it. Um, I think I can make the argument both ways. What do you think? It's a fascinating question. By the way, sports radio, no problem. Every right. sports radio show I listened to did a segment or 10 segments about this. Yep. They were not conflicted about how yep. they should treat this material. They wanted to just lay out all the details. 
Um, it's really funny. I think the ones you mentioned, like the athletic and some of them just straight up and down news style sports sites, they'll probably treat it like they would have treated it 10, 20 years ago, which is if Zion gets asked about it, um, you know, at some point here in a couple of months, they'll record his answers. Right. You know, maybe there's, by the way, if Zion gets actually gets traded here in the next 48 hours, which is at least somewhat on the table, more on the table. Don't you think we'll find out that part of it's the injuries, number one, by the way, a huge number one, but number two down the list is, hey, there's just a lot going on. And maybe that pushed the Pelicans, you know, to the brink of trading. Him. That's where I think it, it, it you can make the case because, you know, he never plays. There's all this controversy surrounding him and then he may be traded. That's where I think you can make the case and say, oh, well, was this woman with all these claims, a, you know, a factor in the Pelicans saying, you know, enough is enough. Yeah, totally. But it's like we live in this kind of interesting world now where if those big mainstream publications haven't really changed their approach to a story like this all that much, as you say, it's sort of unavoidable. It's just like you just get on Twitter or just do any kind of search and there's a billion things for you to read if you're so inclined. Like I was before we got on today, I was just Googling around. And I found a headline that said, Andrew Bogut drops a truth bomb about the Zion Williamson situation. Like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> that headline exists. That story exists. And I'm like, yeah. okay. I mean, there's just so much out there if you are so inclined. Yeah. It's it's interesting that you brought up the sports radio because obviously this is huge on Twitter. So something is on Twitter. Everyone on sports radio seems to follow. You know, it used to be where sports radio would follow in the footsteps of what's in the newspapers. Now they follow what's on Twitter and that, you know, that can be dicey. It can, it can, you know, I'm not sure that's the right way to go in, in at all times. Twitter's become our programmer in a lot of ways. Yes. Not just radio, all of us, podcasters, ESPN talk shows. You know, this is why the Woge bomb and all this stuff is powerful. It's like there's a new movie trailer out. And I mean, how much like all of a sudden yeah. all the conversation becomes about this movie trailer. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, we really, this is, this is what we're talking about right now. We have no ideas. We're just waiting for something to come across Twitter to program our pod or whatever. It's weird. And I get frustrated too, because I, I, I'm of the belief and I, I, I must be the only one, but I just wish people didn't cover certain things, you know, like I don't even want to say it because I, I don't ever cover it, but like, you don't have to cover certain people and certain shows just because they say something insane. Like I, I just wish, I wish we could all as a collective say like, we're not going to cover this and no matter what they say and make them go away. But you know, people need the clicks. I thought about this with the Stephen A stuff because we're in this weird Stephen A aggregation zone. I think largely because of that podcast you're talking about that's not inside ESPN. Where on the one hand, everybody says of the opinion guys, you know what? Just trying to, they're saying things in, in order to be inflammatory and to get attention and to drive the news cycle. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. But then I look at Twitter and everything Stephen A says is aggregated. Right. Stephen A wants to host Wheel of Fortune for a couple of days. Right. That's aggregated. Right. That's not much of a declaration, by the way. I want to host a couple of shows while they find out their new host. Okay. Oh. Like, is there a lot of famous people would probably, you know, raise their hand and say yes to that. But 
you couldn't look around. Stephen A. throws his hat in the ring for to host Wheel of Fortune. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have to rush to the to the uh stop the presses for that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are certain I listen, I know it because I do it. There are certain sports figures you put them in a headline and people are gonna click no matter what. So let's do the list. Stephen A, Pat McAfee. Stephen A, Pat Ma- your boss, Bill Simmons. Okay. Um you know, Brady, Rogers, uh-huh. LeBron, um, Aaron Andrews. Anybody who plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones. Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, it's not that no one from baseball, no one from hockey. Eliminate <laughs> that. And, you know, go from there. Um, yeah, you know, it made, it made me think of the whole thing earlier this week with Joe Rogan offering a hundred thousand dollars to the doctor to debate him. And it's like, I was just so happy. And this is not about what I believe or what you believe or the, I was just so happy that doctor said no, because I, I wish more people would say, forget that money. Like there's no win in that situation for that doctor. No win. No matter what you could come out with every fact, you could come out with every proof you can get, but you're never going to win in that situation. Because he's got his audience who believes what they believe. So, like, they're never going to change their minds. And I feel like I, I just wish more people would do what the doctor did and say, like, no, I'm not engaging in this. Just don't. E-. But now I see the doctors on Twitter and I wish the doctor would get off Twitter, too, because that's just as bad as engaging. Like, so just don't don't be on Twitter and don't tweet about this because you're just fueling the fire. But an asterisk, please come on Jimmy and I's podcast when we well, ask you to because... I don't even know if I have excellent intentions and, and uh, you should never turn those invitations down. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not here. The thought of saying to someone, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars, come on my podcast and debate and how anyone wouldn't see that situation as being nothing but a complete disaster. I don't understand, but the doctor saw that it was a disaster. So good for him. I'm happy for the doctor. No debate. No debate. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. The athletic is another topic that has been getting a lot of attention. They had layoffs, unfortunately, which I mean, every media company is having layoffs, but their layoffs, and I and I hate talking about layoffs, but theirs were a little different in that it seems like their layoffs are sort of leading to a change in the way they operate. I mean, their whole thing was local, 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 local coverage. And now it seems that's gone out the window and now it's national coverage. If you're an athletic fan, how bad of a sign is this? A weird sign because the whole premise of the site was we're going to cover your local team. You know, your newspaper is shrinking or going away entirely, and we're going to be there and say, you know, damn it, the San Diego Padres are important. Even if they're not important, you know, or let's say very clickable in the national sports media world, it's important to us. So we're going to have somebody there. And now, as you say, they're going to this model where it's more national writers, it's more generalists. And I think the question you have to answer is like, who is that for? Right? The getting away from a model because you're saying after trying this for several years, hey, maybe there aren't that many people that just want to read a beat writer about this relatively smallish team, even if it's a pro team. But I would counter with the other question of how many people are just going to read general sports features every day. I believe that you can kind of engineer those so that, you know, you do things that are clickable and get, you know, go viral in some way. And they've done this with a bunch of oral histories that all seem reverse engineered to me to go viral. 
right. that seemed like they were written because another story like this was popular. So let's write it again. In some cases, literally the same topic three or four or five times. Um, but I just don't know who that's for either. Mm. And I'm just kind of, so I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I've been a subscriber for the athletic for a long time. I read about the Dallas teams cause I'm from North Texas and I'm like into the Cowboys and all that stuff. And those are the, I really, really like a lot of the reporters they've had there, but I'm also like, I look at this new version. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I don't know. And I haven't heard somebody articulate an idea at the times about what the athletics going to be. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. One, I mean, once, the time has bought the athletic. If you're in this business, I mean, how could you, how could you not have expected some changes, but sure. You know, this was, a, this, this was, I thought a little jarring. It's interesting to me too. Cause there's a Cowboys writer really like Bob Sturm. Who's like yeah. a big sports radio host in Dallas. In addition to being Cowboys, I think he's the best writer in the Cowboys beat. And he's one of the ones that is going away. And I'm just like, yeah. What was the calculation? We have the best writer on one of the most popular beats, mm. you know, a story that's national. Everything the Cowboys do is a national story. Yep. What? Who yeah. picked, who decided that? So I don't know. I just don't, you know, and again, even with like when you and I cover layoffs at ESPN, there's always this tendency, oh, ESPN is dead. It's gone. It's not dead. It's fun. There's plenty of stuff there. And the athletic, we're talking about what is it, 4% of their writers, something like that, I think got laid off in the right. Lots right. and lots of people there and lots and lots of good people. Yeah. But just in terms of the direction of the site, I don't know what it is. And I haven't, you know, had anybody articulate that to me. And the ones I've, the little notions I've heard of that haven't been particularly promising. To me at all like you i was very surprised to see bob strom you know you have a cowboy writer i mean you could make the argument you could have five cowboy writers uh, over a national writer and you're gonna get more traffic that way and then they also i was very surprised um bill shea who covers media and business yeah and there was another guy i forgot his name now who covers business sports business that stuff usually does well that that stuff is usually um, I, I was surprised they were they were let go. Um, mm-hmm. we actually have breaking. Marshan just tweeted this. Um, I want to read it to you. It just came out. It says ESPN is, letting Twitter program our shows. Here we yeah. go. Well, no it's, a, it's a media story. It says ESPN is scrapping Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman morning show as layoffs loom. Uh oh, that's pretty big because. Yeah. I mean, listen, those are three guys who are you know, probably all making decent money there. Keyshawn as a former NFL player. Kellerman's been there for a while. Um, there's no, um, I don't know. Like I said, this just broke, so I'm not sure what's going to happen in the mornings. They have obviously McAfee going there, but any initial reaction just to hearing that right as I'm reading it to you as it comes down? Well, the first one is, you know, ESPN's, ESPN radio, I think, is a big question mark Uh Generally speaking, the morning show is a particular question mark because ever since Mike and Mike and Mike and other guy, they've tried to figure that slot out and haven't been able to figure it out. But I also think like this is what we've been talking about with ESPN. ESPN is all about max players right now. It's about Stephen A. It's about Pat McAfee and a handful of other people. And if you're not in that handful of other people, you know, the network is pretty scary right now. Because they are clearly going to build around that group. And if I'm somebody else who's not in that group and makes a a decent salary, you know, this is not not somebody who's a, you know, smallish 
person in that whole, you know, giant salary system, but somebody makes a decent salary, I'd be really worried. Yeah. Right. I should be clear. Just, I mean, by the time people listen to this, they'll know the real story, but I should be clear for you. Those three guys haven't been let go. It's the morning show that they host. It's been canceled according to to Marshan. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's amazing to me for all the success ESPN has had, they've had, and despite what everyone says, they they've had massive successes sports center, whether it's, you know, Scott Van Pelt at night and say we want about first take, but you know, that does well part of the interruption and around the horn, they've been on for, they can't get it together with like a morning. I mean, they let, they had Mike and Mike and it's still bizarre that breakup to me because it was successful in in the way that it made money. And, you know, I had sales and all that. Obviously they wanted to spin Greenberg off and make him sort of one of the faces that you had mentioned with McAfee and, and, um, Stephen A, he's all over the place with, he's on a get up and then he has a show and then he's on NBA coverage. So that sort of left Golik hanging, but ESPN radio overall always seems to struggle and they can't get it together. It seems like ESPN. And and they've had great shows on there, you know, like Ryan Rosillo, my current coworker and yep. Dan Patrick's show, I thought was really good back in the day. Mike and Mike was not my cup of tea, but it was a very, very successful money making sports right. radio show. Yep. Um, I think national sports radio is so hard to do and it's probably getting harder. If anything, you know, it's always weird whenever I'm like in the car and I have serious on, I hear some of the weirdest shows as national sports radio shows. Yes. I'll just like flip on during a segment. I'm like, what is this? Like what, why am I supposed to stop here and listen to this? And those are the shows that are relying on like the Zion Williamson story, because that will appeal. Maybe appeals the wrong word, but that'll grab the attention of a national audience. Mm-hmm. So you, and sports I, radio is in this, right in this weird position anyway with podcasting and just the way the world's changing, and you know the whole audio experience is just different from yeah. the days when you and I are driving around and listening to that, and that because that was the only game in town. But I just think nationally, I mean, now when you're just trying to say, "There's what is a segment that people are going to like listen to this instead of being like, eh, I'm going to go listen to podcasts." Yeah, I'm going to go listen to news about the Cowboys. Um, that's tough. Since you, since you brought that up, I wasn't going to go here, but it could be a good place to go before we wrap up. I mean, you have a podcast. What What is your biggest frustrations about doing a podcast? Frustrations about doing a podcast. I mean, I think sometimes. Don't tell always, me you don't have any. No, no. I, Jimmy, I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life. Uh, that's actually true. But, um, you know, I think sometimes the speed of it, I mean, I think the, here's the cool thing about radio is that it is instantaneous. And sometimes you do get a story where you're like, I just want to be talking to people right now. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's like a huge news story, it's a huge media story that we get our things into. And it's almost like, and of course we move quickly and get stuff up very, very quickly and all that stuff. And our producers are awesome, but there is time when there is like an immediacy of live radio. Yeah. Um, and not only the speed of it, but the feeling of it that I just love as an old school person, you know, I'm like, I love it that somebody is speaking in the microphone. I'm hearing it right now, you know, as it comes out of their mouth. Um, yeah. And there's energy to that. There's a danger to that, which is probably good for us podcasters that there's a little bit of a post-production process sometimes so that, you know, we think about all that stuff, but yeah, I guess yeah. that'd probably be it. Well, you know, the big thing now, I mean, is you're supposed to take your cell phone and stick it an inch from your face and like, you know, talk while you're walking and give your hot take on whatever news is breaking at that moment. That's 
sort of the... yeah just get like a good angle up here uh, there hasn't I, been I, that I, much demand i'm going to be honest for brian curtis uh walking down the street in california and i'm, I'm not going to go record one about the espn morning show after this yeah but see that's I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to put off doing those as long as i can <laughs> when you and i get to that point the world will truly will have changed um, it's well the world has changed thoughts. The the world is morning show. Do you so do you have help booking your podcast? Um, on certain people that it's available, but I almost do all of them myself. And Just you didn't have that as media one member to media member. I want to be the one asking it. And also I want to make sure that they know what I want to talk about. And I just like, I, anyway, I, I sort of like value writing those emails myself. A lot yeah. I'm bad. Cause I ask you to come on and I don't tell you what we're going to talk about. And then. You check in on it. Well, <laughs> when it comes from you, I'm always yeah. happy to get it. No, I've been just, well, it's because the fine, truth is, it's like I'm waiting. Me, I'm waiting till the last minute to see what's going on. You know, like every, like you said, everything changes so fast. So I don't want to tell you topics on a Monday for a Wednesday because who the hell knows what's going to happen. But you know, this like coming from you, Jimmy, it's different for people in the forget me. I'm I'm available, but for yes. like you know broadcaster who's busy or you know who's doing a hundred yeah. things like that that's like a big deal you know that it yeah. comes from you rather than from some third party yeah i agree oh yeah I, yeah absolutely it's got to come from you um it has to come from you but i didn't know if you have like bookers or you know who will say oh this person's available you should reach out to them or yeah sometimes there's some of that at the ringer and stuff yeah. but i'm mostly and also i'm just talking to a lot of print journalists so it's like my you know yeah it seems, it seems like i should write that email well, you, for journalists, you, for you do a great job with the guests. I'm always envious of, of who you get on. Thank you. Because um, I know that part of it is not easy. And right I back at you, probably buddy. like shut up and stop complaining about booking your podcast because I do it often. So, you <laughs> know what I'm thinking? It's fun. Well, let me ask you because this is what goes through my head. I what once the NBA, I talked about this last week a little bit. Once the NBA ends, okay, so yeah. now I'm looking, it's like here we are. First. I'm like, who the hell is going to come on here and be interesting before football starts? Because once football starts, it's easy. I can get Joe Buck and I can get Jim Nance and we can go through the, you know. But when the only thing going on is Major League Baseball, which is not exactly a needle mover. I love it. People get, people get so mad when I say it. I'm like, I love baseball, but I can't, you know, roll out Ron Darling and expect to get the same downloads as you know whatever not see i i didn't i shouldn't have said a name there but yeah it was just a general you know john smoltz or whatever ron we were just throwing out a name yeah we didn't mean you i don't think john smoltz is going to bring the the excitement as a you know (laughs) greg olson for instance so in terms of listeners so do you or do you think that way or you're just like i got to do this every week and i can't think that way so sometimes I think getting people in the off season is fun. I must also think that as a writer, because everybody's calm and you're not just in the thick of it in the way yeah. you are during the season, especially with an announcer. I think the other fun part of the off season is sometimes, and I'm, I'd say this literally because I'm about to go on vacation in like two days for a couple of weeks. And so I recorded some episodes of the pod. It's often a fun chance to just kind of do something you've been wanting to do, but haven't had a chance to do because we're so in the middle of football or basketball or whatever it is. Right. So to me, that's another really cool part of it. It's like, I want to hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I've, I've thought that too. Cause I'm like, okay, these next two months I'm going to have on anyone who I've ever wanted to have on. And it doesn't matter if it has anything to do with sports and we'll have fun and love we'll comedians on it. And then I'm like, wait a second, how am I going to get these people on? So <laughs> that's the other problem. 
It's so funny because it talks, it turns us all into like the bookers from the Johnny Carson Tonight Show circle, like 1989, where, you know, there are people that are coming on because they have movies, right, that are coming on. But then there's other weeks or other guests and all that stuff. And you often think like, you know, I just imagine, you know, Fred DeCordova calling a comedian, you know, I know it's, I know you're around. Can you come on today and fill in a slot for me? And, you know, we'll just do fun stuff. I mean, that's, part of what this is really i appreciate you putting us in the same category as johnny that's yeah well that was I'm, I'm shooting for the stars <laughs> johnny, well, I just saw johnny was about, a great interviewer i just saw you know that's what it was there was i saw some believe it or not i mean talk about you wouldn't expect this but scrolling through tiktok yesterday i saw there was a clip it was like a three minute clip of like johnny best moments or john and it's amazing. Like back then it was just the littlest thing could be funny. It didn't have to be so overly, you know, right now you have to have carpool karaoke or, you know, stole my Halloween. Like back then it didn't have to be a bit right that way. Johnny did a lot of bits, you know, he did characters and dressed up and all that stuff. But like, I'm I'm sure those interviews were very like pre-screened and, you know, they did a lot of pre-interview and all that stuff, but like it wouldn't, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like such, you know, it didn't feel like Jimmy Fallon, which is the ultimate like this feels so manufactured and there's so much fake laughing going on. And, you know, like, oh, I'm dying laughing at this thing. I knew you were going to about to say something about it. felt just felt a little more yeah. relaxed. There is there is nothing a guest can say where Jimmy Fallon wouldn't laugh. More like the guy could come out and be like, Jimmy Fallon, know, like, more yeah. fake laughing. I'm sorry. On Jimmy Fallon or NFL pregame shows. What are you going Fallon. I actually think Fallon. <laughs> He's the new leader of the clubhouse. The NFL pregame shows do the fake laughter, but I feel like, you know, you got to sell for your guy and the guy's making a joke. Gotta, where Fallon is solo, but he's selling for the guest at all. But like, I don't think, I don't think Fallon actually, like the pregame show guys are laughing at stuff that's stupid. Uh-huh. Whereas Fallon, I don't think he's even listening. Like, I think if a guest came out and said, like, my house went on fire last week, he would laugh. It's just an automatic. Any word that comes out, he laughs. Like, it's just, I don't think there's, I don't think he listens. I just think he's like, he knows word stop, I laugh. It just feels so artificial. You know, there's so oh much my. TV now that you just watch. And again, maybe I just, as a 10 year old, didn't care. Because we like grew up with laugh tracks. Let me talk about something completely artificial. But I'll like watch the mass singer accidentally, and it's like it's edited within an inch of its life. So that there's just no moment where it's just uh-huh. a television show. It's like reaction right. shot, reaction shot, reaction shot. Uh-huh. You know, the host just pounding the table with laughter. I'm just like, this doesn't feel like li- real life in any way. That's the Jimmy. I will put on Jimmy Fallon now just to see how ridiculous the laughing gets. And that's the thing. Now, every line gets like a slam on the desk. The chair yeah. goes back. He's hunched over. It's like, it, you're not watching Eddie Murphy delirious. You've got to calm down a little bit, but he's just, the, it's not just the laugh. It's just the, Oh my God, it's so funny. And he's banging on the desk and he's like throwing his head back. And it's, it's like, okay. I mean, you know, who I was kind of an interesting, like early, violator here and i i say that i hate to even say this but it was letterman if you watch letterman the last like 10 years of the cbs show the audience felt like it was just like absolutely like they were watching the funniest thing they've ever heard even when dave would kind of do a very lame joke yeah yeah the audience just felt like it was turbocharged in this very artificial way 
Yeah. And back in the late night days, like the audience often felt uncomfortable and not totally sure whether they should laugh or not. And then you get Dave and he's like, oh, I just howling at anything. And it made the show suck. So here's what's so funny about you saying this. We can end it on this. This is so funny. So last week I tweeted this. I was in a, I, I, I was in a two hour YouTube rabbit hole of watching old Letterman stuff. And he's got, I mean, his interviews with like Julia Roberts and the, in the Joaquin Phoenix thing. And I was just watching all this stuff. Share, share, calling him an asshole was great. Um, and there was the monologue he did. It was like a, like maybe eight to 11 minutes. I don't, it's something in that range where he explained when he was getting extorted mm -hmm. and he was having the affairs with interns and you, and I tweeted, it was it's a it's a remarkable piece of television if anyone hasn't seen it or you haven't seen it since it happened to watch, because of the audience they didn't know if he was doing a bit they didn't know if he was being serious they're laughing yeah. at inappropriate times like he's like and he the way he he set it up as a bit almost because he talked for like eight minutes about this guy extorting him and going to the authorities and all this stuff and then he says for like the last two minutes where he says and the thing that I did bad was I had sex with people who work for me now. And then people are laughing in the audience that line today. Now this was 2009. I believe if you got on TV today and said that you're done and the audience is laughing at all these weird times in it and he's doing it like it's, a, and I, I was the psychology of it. What I was trying to figure out, like, did he do it this way to soften them up? So the backlash wouldn't, and it's a remarkable piece of television. It's funny because I tweeted it last week and a lot of people are responding about they did like when they watched it, they're like, what is with the audience in that clip? And I'm like, that's why it's a remarkable piece of television. So fascinating. So fascinating. I can go back and watch that. You have to watch it. It's like, but I do remember the people, the laugh blasts and people do not cheer whether they should laugh. And it was because he's yeah. telling it like one of his bits. Yeah. And they couldn't, they couldn't tell. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't seen it, go on YouTube and just do David Letterman extortion or extorted or whatever. It'll come right up. Nice title. All right, Ryan, appreciate it. Always love chatting with you. Enjoy your vacation. We'll uh, check in with you in a few months and, uh, you know, hopefully there's no Megan and Harry shrapnel coming your way. Same to you, Jimmy. And uh, say hi to Ron Darling for me, please. Oh. <laughs> Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. 
like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right, joining me now, as he does every week for our Train of Thoughts segment from SNY TV in New York and WFAN Radio in New York, which is noteworthy because he is no longer, as of July 24th, going to be on the fan from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. It's going to be 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., as he comes back to society with the rest of us. <laughs> so happy, so proud, so excited for the big promotion for Salicata. Do I really need to join society or can I just enjoy some sleep and be left alone? I mean, that's. <laughs> now you're going to be a functioning member of society. Uh, I, I honestly, it's it's still surreal. Even now, as we tape this, you know, a day later after the announcements that I've known for a little less than a week, but it's just I still can't even believe that this is real life, and I'm going to be done with the overnights and on during the day. Hard to believe. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. now for Sal on WFAN in New York. Big, big, uh, big move up. You deserve it. You've worked hard. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be a fun ride for you. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. And, and everybody's been kind, you know, for the most part. But I don't know about the deserve thing. I mean, I get what you're saying. Look, I've worked my ass off for this. But you've got to be lucky. You've got to be good. You've got to be hardworking. Dedicate yourself to it. I feel like I've done all that. I'm very proud of the accomplishment. Um I, I don't uh, like the deserve. Th it feels weird. I you deserve it from the standpoint of you paid your dues. I mean, you've worked at other stations. You've worked crazy shifts. You've worked fill in. Right. You, you know, you did. There was an incident. You came back. You yeah, worked no, you your way up. It. I mean, you could you know, look, it's part of the story. So, I mean, you know, getting fired and coming back from it, you were there for it. You remember that well, well as we were going through that. Like, 
I don't look at it as a negative thing. I would not change anything. That that made me better. Not for that. I would not be here today. Um, look, one thing that I do like that you say when you when you go into ex, you know the detailed example, I think people from afar just see, oh, he's on the fan. Whether it's overnight, whether it is midday, and they think like, oh, I could do that. They don't see the 13 years of work right. after getting fired, building myself back up and doing shows on in Florida from my apartment, working at MLB.com. Like people don't even know half the stuff, not to mention doing the overnights and things like that. Not to mention the seven years before that from an intern, board op, producer. Like it's just it, same thing we're used to. Like I used to grow up, you know, you watch wrestling, right? You see Hulk Hogan, you see Jake the Snake. Years later, you learn that they were in other territories, kind of in the minor leagues before they get to be in that prime spot. You don't understand unless you go through it. So that's what I'm most proud of, all the work that I put in to finally have this opportunity. Well, that's what I mean by deserved. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that you getting fired from the fan is part of the story because if I'm involved, it's absolutely part of the story because I saw you the night before and I was like, don't worry about anything. Nothing's going to happen. You're going to be fine. And the next day you got fired and I felt like <laughs> shit. So that's why I, I'm at, Thank God it's, you're on tented too now. Cause you know, it's no big deal. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. I, I was worried. What a terrible friend. <laughs> you oh weren't alone. God. There were other people too. They're like, ah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You're not going to get fired for that. Boom. Don't come in today. And the next day. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we were at the I main event. I remember that well, yeah. that conversation. Yeah. So do I. I, so I, you know, when, and when Martian broke the news that you, you were going to be moved from overnights to the 10 to two spot, I sent out a tweet and I could not believe the reaction just to my tweet. So I'm, I would imagine this has been a crazy 48 hours for you. It's been nonstop. And when I say there are two words that I think people use and I've used them in my life where you like kind of feel them. But this week, these two days in particular, I've never felt more accurate using these two words overwhelmed um, and surreal. Like it is still surreal to me. And I'm completely overwhelmed by the texts that are still coming through. So Marshan broke that story. And he texted me saying, I'm going to run. Like, I, I didn't talk to him before. I don't know how he got it. And he texted me saying, I'm going to run this story. And he asked, like, one question. You're still going to do trade of thoughts. You're still going to do SNY. And he goes, make sure your phone's charged. And I was like, okay. And then that night started to come in. The next day, onslaught, even this morning, still to now, getting congratulatory texts and emails it's been very over and tweets of course it's been overwhelming forget tweets because that's almost impossible to keep up with give me the percentage of texts you've returned all of them every text really yeah, yeah. and not right at once wow but that's impressive be because they've come in kind of staggered you know some are just a thank you i appreciate it some a little bit longer than other i i gotta tell you two of my favorites actually i'll give you three favorites the first one was Susan Waldman. And now I've never Love. talked to I've never talked to Susan. I worked with her years ago. I guarantee she doesn't even remember. This is like when I first started as an intern behind the scenes. I wake up to a text. I'm not going to say exactly what it said, but it was great. And it was tagged Susan Waldman. And I was like, oh, my God, Susan, I love you. This is That one made me smile the most. Two things on that. You got to love old people who I shouldn't say that. You got to love older people who text when they sign their name. 
that's a big play with like people maybe like in their 60s. They signed but, a name to the text. But I think she was doing it too because she, like she must have gotten my number from right. I've never talked to her before. So I wouldn't have known who it was if she didn't say that. And, and I want to say Susan is all class because and she gets so much unnecessary shit and it pisses me off. And I think we could easily figure out why. But I did a awful and I mean awful radio show when I was in college 500 years ago at CW Post. And, you know, it was basically me just trying to be Mike and the Mad Dog, basically. And she came on as a guest with me while I was in college. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. she And it was like her. I got like three or four guests like from that. I think Ian might have done it. Rich Samini. Um, so I'll never forget that because I mean, you, they didn't have booking, to do that. You've been booking guests since then. That's a long time. So that was uh, that was a thrill for me to, you know, I love Susan. So And, yeah. and like I said, not having a relationship with her prior to that or at least through text uh was that meant the world to me because i know who, who thinks that susan Waldman even knows who i am let alone like listening on occasion well you're on the fan she's a part of the fan history the first voice ever heard on the fan she knows who's i know on the fan. Oh, i know who she is i didn't know she knows who i am think about it too you're on the air at 2 a.m that's probably Absolutely. when she's first getting home from yankee stadium after night games right okay so then you're thinking okay she's listening but does she like me you know i'm a loud well, idiot sometimes yeah, like would that, susan like my work so she was happy for me and i couldn't believe that the other one you mentioned him and this is a little less because i was expecting a text from ian and as a matter of fact he texted later in the day and i go it's about fucking time i've been waiting all day for this and then we had a a, a very funny exchange so yeah. i love that third one and there were plenty i'm not going to try to leave anybody out but the third yeah. one was the owner of the new york islanders who I also never had a relationship with. I met him, John Ledecky. I've met him out uh, going to the games, and I, I've been in his suite, but we've never texted or anything like that before, and he sent me a nice text congratulating me, and I thought that was cool. If I would have gotten a text, if I if I got a text and it said, you know, Jimmy, you know, enjoy the podcast, John Ledecky, I have no idea who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have named the Alders owner if you paid me to. I was, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I meant to text you this last night and I totally, totally forgot. You just reminded me and I don't know if I should ask it on the air, but let it fly. Did you get texts from Mike Francesa and Chris Russo? Um, I did not hear from dog. I have heard from Mike dog because I know why. Cause I listened to dog show dog's entire show today was about, I don't the Titanic thing, so he's he's all wrapped up in that. So now remember, I, I I love Dog. Dog was always my favorite on air personality. I think we had a very good relationship. I babysat his kids, you know the story or whatever. But m I was always more of a, a Mike guy. Mike kind of right. just took me under his wing, and he right. went to bat for me. And I, you know, I was there with him when Dog left. Uh, you know, I, Doug I definitely, Doug is definitely not keeping up with your career because when I had him on this podcast two weeks ago, I said, you know, Sal Licata comes on every week and does he a segment. No I, I had it. no idea. I did not know that, Jimmy. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, I, yeah. I know that. So yeah. Mike, Mike was in touch, uh, prior to the announcement right. when he, you know, maybe got some wind or yeah, some yeah. stuff, but uh, so yes, that All was right. nice. I'll text you later. Send me the screen grab. Um, <laughs> Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys. It's Steve Cavino from Cavino & Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right. So I, like I said, I got a billion tech, not billion. I, I got a ton of tweets. I want to read some of them because I'll tell you, I, I was, I was really happy that so many people, I mean, I got so many texts from people saying, are you still going to do this? I, it was yeah, crazy. And I, yeah. And I honestly, like, I didn't know, and I still don't to be blunt with you, yeah. what's possible or not. I have to go over that, you know, the details yeah. and stuff, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not, but Obviously, I'm hoping. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm hoping if the fan gives the okay, then when you're done at two o'clock, you do this for 10 minutes and then, you know, it's not taking up too much of your day. Right. I I don't think it should be a problem schedule wise because I'm going to have a gap in between anyway of of free time. Um, So I got some texts here. I had some tweets here. This was uh, BM ring 23. Are you more happy for Sal that he got a promotion or for yourself that you can go to with him to Maureen's now more often? <laughs> you goddamn right I'm happy he's going to be more available to go to Maureen's Kitchen. You know what the uh, thing is, too? It's it's not even like, because I was off weekends technically, but right. you're a zombie at times doing that overnight schedule. So now, like when I'm home on a Friday night and I'm done for the work week, 
I'm right. going to be functioning like a normal human being into Saturday and into Sunday. Right. So it does make a difference. This did not. This this did not come in um, off the announcement of your job promotion. This came in when I asked my users for questions for my mailbag that I write every week. And someone said, "Can you ask Sal who ate Mike Francesa's egg roll?" <laughs> Do you want to address that story? Yes, because it, it, we've told this story before, but people still get it mixed up. I was there when it happened. I was in the newsroom. I remember it well. It was an intern by the name of Jeff Barr. They used to leave food on the – there's this area here where they used to have carts kind of in the middle of the newsroom. And people used to – like it was food for grabs. Like if I brought in donuts or whatever, you leave the donuts at, up there. So usually it was – whatever's up there was for grabs. Mike happened to leave his food up there during a break, went into the studio to do the show, comes back out, and his egg roll's missing. It was Jeff Barr, ate it. And Mike goes to the kid, not the worst thing you could do, but it's not good. <laughs> he <laughs> ate Mike's egg roll. That really happened. The kid thought That's... it was up for grabs. And how did this story get out? That's a great question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, somehow this story got out that someone at WFAN once ate Mike Francesa's egg roll. And like Deadspin wrote a story about it. Somebody must have either mentioned it on the air or got it out there um, in, in something. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't remember how it got out there, but it happened. No. Fact. Jeff Barr. He will live in infamy forever for being the intern that ate Francesa's egg roll. I just love that this is a big mystery. Um mm. Patrick Webb, will Salicata continue to be on the podcast or will he start big timing you now? Big timing. Come on. Okay. Um, let me see here. Will Sal still be on the pod? Oh, I got did I'm I'm sure you heard Mike Gill. I hope Salicata will still be able to do Jimmy Trainer's thoughts. Um, I'm sure you heard from Adam Shine. I did. He texted yeah, me. Because he text actually texted me about how happy he was for you. That's nice. Sean, I heard from Shine, from Burkhart. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others that you would know. Matt, some guy, Matt Cohen. Uh, Marshan scooped you, though, meaning me. Yeah, well, you can't break any of that stuff because they know exactly where it comes yeah. from if you break yeah. it. If you think I found out when Marshan broke it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> When I first found out Tiki was leaving, Sal was the first name I thought of. Great for him, but probably terrible. There's no more excuses of having to sleep to avoid housework. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the overnight was a convenient excuse not to do certain things I didn't want to do. That's now out the window. Peter Schrager with a text, with a tweet. Very cool news. Happy for your best recovering podcast guest. That's nice of Schrager. I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to read that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? I, I've seen some bad ones. Whatever. I, I just I don't read the comments. Oh, yeah. I mean, good one good. from Art Vandalay. The only thing that sucks about this is I won't get to wake up to a wild salicata rant being replayed by the morning show anymore. Yeah, I know. Look, the overnight was a it was an important shift, and those guys helped me out by playing some of those clips back. Um, I, I'll miss the shift itself as far as like the the listeners. Right. And the bond that you have on the overnight. But come on. I mean, this is yeah. a huge upgrade for me. What is it like for you? I mean, it's happened before, but not to the scale where like you're in the articles written by Marshan and Best and awful announcing and 
You didn't even know you didn't even know about the awful announcing article till I told you about it. No, I did not. Now I got I got a little not used to it, but I got acclimated to it last year with the NL East is over thing. And like you said, right. it's happened on occasion before, but this is a, a bigger deal. I'll tell you, it was cool to read today's Newsday because I grew up on Newsday and 13 years almost to the day that I got fired. And the headline by Neil Best, which was the last time that he's contacted me, was Salicata out at WFAN. 13 years to the day. That's and now, you know, That's now you have him writing about me, you know, moving to middays with Brandon Tierney. So that was cool. And like I said, Newsday, I'm from Long Island. So that means a lot. Well, it's a great day. Great news for you professionally and personally. It's selfishly, it's good for this podcast. I love that so many people are happy for you. So, and uh, your first day on that new shift is July 24th. Yes, I'm done with okay. the overnights next week, but then because of summer scheduling and vacationing, the that actual show, me and Brandon, will not start until July 24th. Right. All right. I don't even want to talk about anything else. Well, I appreciate your support. I know you, hey, you, you and I initially met when Rich Ackerman of The Fan told me about Hot Clicks, that you had mentioned me, that you're big fans of the Sal special when Francesca right. used to have me on after Russo left and I would give my picks. And yeah. that initiated, you know, me, you and I talking and then and eventually meeting up and becoming friends. Right. I mean, that's over 13 years ago. That's, I don't even remember how long ago that is, but you're talking about 2006, 2007, right? Yep. Yep. So you've been, sure. you've been supportive from then and then having me on the podcast it obviously helped. So I appreciate the kind words and the nah, support as always. It was your hard work. If you're a good friend, then. Did you listen to me last week and watch Smartless? I did. I did watch the first episode of Smartless. I enjoyed it. My wife was on the fence about it. She, I think she enjoyed it, but it's not something that she's going to invest time right. in. But I will watch it because I enjoyed it. Jason Bateman's my favorite. I love him. He's Just hilarious. tremendous. He's so he's good hilarious. at that. And he's such a nut, too. I haven't rewatched. Like, I watched it all that one weekend, but I see clips all day long when I scroll through TikTok and I, I watch every clip and just the, this, I the, see, I don't know. I don't want to give spoilers, but just it gets better as it goes on too. like it, it really, the first episode was like a feel out episode. And I was like, right. I like this. I'm not sure. Like, but then it just, you just get so invested in all the ridiculousness. My so. favorite part of the first episode is when they're walking to the Washington monument, I think. Yeah. And some, you know, some girls walk by or some strangers walk by or whatever. And they go, hey, have you seen Ozark? Like trying to bust baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. so. <laughs> I, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I love that shit. Well, that's um, yeah, we're not even going to. I have one. I'll tell one quick story. We're not even going to get into any other topics. So this, this had to be all about you this week. Um, I put it on Instagram. So you probably didn't see this. Do you, you don't you didn't see the story about me in the Apple store with my niece. No. Okay. So I'll leave you with one story from my from my week. I okay. had to take my my younger niece, her iPhone broke, needed to take so we went to the Apple store, I had to buy her a new iPhone. Fine. So we go, me, my younger niece, my older niece, and I, I get the younger niece the iPhone. 
And, you know, when you get a new phone, you're in the store for a while because they, you know, they, right. which phone do you want? What are your options? They jerk you off for a little bit. Then, they, right. you know, then they set up the new phone. So at one point there was like a big lull where there was some downtime. So I, I say to the guy helping us, I go, I'm just curious, by the way, since, you know, you're not doing anything. Um, you know, come September when the new phones come out, I want to get a new phone. I go, but I got a, a bunch of scratches on this phone. You know, you think I'll be hurt with the trade-in value or do you think I'll still get a decent amount? So he looks at the phone. And he goes, no, he goes, this phone's great. You're in great condition. You shouldn't have any problems. So I go, well, this just, I know. I go, there's one pretty bad scratch right here in the top right. And he goes, he looks at it. He's like, no, he's like, he's good. He, he's good. He goes, you're good. You're good. He goes, as long as, as long as the crack doesn't spread, you're good. And my oldest niece turns to the guy, looks at him and goes, that's what she said. <laughs> oh my. So the guy, the guy, the guy walks away and goes, I'm done with my shift for the day. And then he came back and he was laughing. And I said, it's my fault because I basically forced both my nieces to watch the office. Oh and my God. I'm not going to lie. I was mortified and proud in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ma I made these say. I made these two kids watch The Office. I have forced them to watch The Office. She comes out with the that's what she said joke. What am I supposed to do? Oh, that is fantastic. I was going to ask you if you were proud. So that's great. But obviously, you could be mortified at the same time. Well, I call, and then I, I was, you know, afterwards I called my, a couple of my friends to tell them. So I called my friend Diesel to tell them the story. He's like, oh, that's great. I'm so proud. His wife, Alicia. Oh, that, I'm, that was good. I'm proud. I'm like, okay, but we, th there's certain spots you need to regulate yourself. <laughs> so, that I was, think it was perfect usage myself. So, I mean, listen, it was, she didn't miss a beat. That's Thank great. God. Here's the thing. You have to, like, that guy clearly watched The Office if you don't watch The Office and you hear that, that's a big problem. But luckily, the guy got the joke right away. He watched The Office. And I said, I said to the guy, it's my fault. I made them watch The Office. And he was laughing. So That's great. All right. Yeah, I, I told that story on Instagram. I didn't want to put it on Twitter because then I would get like, why are you buying an iPhone at the Apple store? Like, you know, like that whole, right. you know. Yeah, uh, I might have to get on Instagram, but I, I've avoided it. I was on there, deleted it. I don't know. Everyone on Instagram is nice. It's much better than Twitter. If if you just want like nice reaction, it's it depends what you like. If you if you have a take about the Mets, it's not like that's not what Instagram is for. But no, I, I think the only reason why I would do it is just for like business purposes, right? Marketing right. purposes, and also to have another outlet aside from Twitter. Because what happens right. if Twitter goes awry or whatever? You know, oh, I, don't know. I just hate the idea awry. of built. The idea of building up an audience uh, is it drives me nuts. All that again. So I, I don't. Know. My advice to you is like, don't worry about that. Like, create yeah. the account, post what you want. Don't worry about. I mean, listen, you could always go on Twitter and say like, I'm on Instagram, blah blah blah. Yeah. But like, plus also here's the thing: when you get on, if you if you, when you were on when you're on the fan at ten o'clock in the morning and you say I'm on Instagram, Salicata, like people are gonna go find it and follow it too. So right. you have a very powerful megaphone there. So no, all right, we'll Sal. We will right, uh, see you uh, one more week of the overnights and then July 24th, 10 a.m. on the fan, Monday through Friday with uh, Brandon Tierney. And uh, congratulations. We'll see you uh, next week.
Thank you. See you later. All right. All right. My thanks to Brian Curtis and Sal Licata. If you enjoy the episode and you're not a subscriber to SI Media with Jimmy Trina, hit the subscribe button and please become a subscriber. Helps tremendously. And if you've missed any recent episodes and haven't listened, give them a listen. We've had some great guests in recent weeks. Last week, Scott Van Pelt from ESPN was on the podcast two weeks ago. Chris Mad Dog Russo from SiriusXM and First Take. Pat McAfee three weeks ago on his big move to ESPN. And we had uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin four weeks ago. So give those interviews a listen. Subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trainer, and leave a review on Apple. We'll read it uh, probably in two weeks. All right, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.